0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Ambulance EMS podcast. I'm Dr. Danielle Campaign, and I'm your American Ambulance Medical Director. I'm here with uh, our two fellow co-hosts, Dr. Sajin Bhakta and Dr. Patil Armenian, and our special guest, our paramedic from the field, Brian Carnes. Welcome, Brian.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. Um, so let's go around just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to talk about um, dialysis bleeding or dialysis access bleeding today.
1: Uh, well, my name is uh, Brian Carnes, and I've been in EMS for about 20 years now, and uh, I'm a full-time flight medic with Air Methods. And I'm Sajan Bhakta.
2: I'm one of the emergency medicine residents at UCSF Fresno Community Regional Medical Center, and I'm happy to be here.
3: I'm Patil Armenian. I'm one of the faculty at UCSF Fresno and Community Regional Medical Center. And I specialize in both emergency medicine and medical toxicology.
2: Who serves a million people in the valley? We do! The brave men and women of the A are the best at what they do in EMS today. The finest place in the world to be. Is right here as a part of Americans' family. Help is on the way, got a unit en route. No matter the problem, when in doubt, we send them out. Sure as the sunrise, sure as I bust this rhyme, 10 minutes or less. Every call, every time, this is my career path, this is what I do. The double A's, red, white, and blue. Get your call on. Here comes American. Get your lights on. Here comes
3: American.
2: Get your gurney on. Here comes American. Get your gloves on.
3: Here comes American.
2: Get your save on.
0: Um, So in talking about the um, access site for dialysis patients, we have a lot of dialysis patients in Fresno County, and there's many theories to why we have that. Some of it is that we have, you know, a lot of diabetics and a large um, Hispanic population that uh, diabetes seems to run in genetically in their families more. But sadly we have lots of dialysis. and So we see this quite a bit.
1: We had one actually, uh, this was pre-tourniquet, um, that was uh, actually a pretty good one. We had flown up to the foothills. We were landing at Chick Chansey to meet somebody that had been driven down from the Oakhurst area. And it was a rendezvous with the Sierra Ambulance. They had a patient that had had been to dialysis earlier that day, and everything was going fine. However, they started to bleed. The uh, ground unit initially tried to do direct pressure, then they were putting an elastic bandage on it and they were trying to elevate it and they were doing everything and it was still just steadily bleeding through hence why we were there uh, once we got there we were able to add a blood pressure cuff to it and sort of pump it up and uh, keep some real direct pressure on it uh, more so than what the elastic bandage and the gauze was uh, able to do and uh, that controlled it actually pretty well Uh, until we were able to get down to the hospital to uh, turn them over.
0: Now, when you mentioned this was pre-tourniquet, are you bringing up that like the the protocol change in bleeding control or?
1: Yes. So now with uh, the bleeding control uh, protocol, we would put the tourniquet on and uh, stop the flow of blood that way.
0: Got it. So I know you wear two hats. You work as an American Ambulance paramedic um, in the past, and you have transported cases. And then um, now, currently, you're full-time with SkyLife. Correct. So um, I know they have different drug boxes or different tools. So what are ones that you would have when you're wearing your American Ambulance hat in the past? And then where were ones? what are other tools that you have that SkyLife? So if one of our medics called you, I guess, what else can SkyLife provide that the average ground unit doesn't have in their toolbox?
1: Good question. So uh, for the ground ambulances, they have a a variety of gauzes that they can use. They have uh, ACE bandages, they have Curlex, they have the blood pressure cuff if they need to uh, wrap that around there and apply direct pressure. Uh, And uh, of course the tourniquet would be the go-to to to, uh, stop major bleeding. Uh, With Skylife, we carry some uh, C-Lox, which is the hemostatic gauze. And uh, we also carry TXA, which would be able to uh, help stop that bleed.
0: Perfect. Yeah, just to give them some options if uh, they encounter a case that so they can't stop the bleeding.
1: Thank you. So all
2: these dialysis patients, what kind of access do they have? What are the different types?
0: Yeah, so there's really three main types. And I would really recommend um, to the paramedics, like every time that they go on a call to, on a dialysis patient, say, where's your access? Because you always want to assess that access site. So remember to do dialysis, you have to get into an artery. So these are large vessels, lots of pressure. And um, there are three kinds. So there's the fistula the av fistula or the av graft which would be in your arm or your thigh so it's where they're putting together an artery and a vein or you can have just a central line which usually is in your upper chest that's the most common sites or right or left side upper chest
2: which of those have tubes and which are open and which bleed?
0: I know. It's so confusing, right? It's like fistula, graft, all these names. And so, um, yeah, so the basics is the fistula. Just think the fistula is a natural thing. It's no prosthetic material. They just take an artery. A surgeon takes an artery and a vein and stows those two together. They take a high-pressure system that's your artery. They mesh it with the vein, and they tie it together. When you put your hand over it, you kind of feel that big bump. You feel the thrill, kind of like the, the vibration underneath because it's a high-pressure system. Whereas in a graft, it's a synthetic material. So they take the artery and the vein and they um, tie it together with a synthetic like tube, like a plastic tube. This is all under the skin. You also will feel that thrill or that vibration, but it usually feels harder. It doesn't feel as soft, not as compressible. Um, and there's pros and cons. Um, both of these are better than a central line access. So central line will be a catheter that goes um, underneath the clavicle usually and is um like sutured down into their skin, but you'll see
3: three ports hanging out of their skin in their upper chest. So usually if you get called for bleeding, it's going to be one of the fistulas or grafts, right? Right. And the idea
0: is that it's under the skin. And so when they show up for dialysis, they have, they like, they just needle poke that skin, but it's right into an artery. Now these patients usually aren't antiplatelet medications because they usually have heart disease or other things. They also get heparin during their dialysis. So they're really anticoagulated. And then they do leave with a little pressure dressing on and they go home. But a lot of times it just continues to bleed because uh, maybe it's underlying getting infected. So the graft or the fistula can get infected and that could predispose them to bleeding sites. Um, But when we go through bleeding, it can be a life-threatening bleed, something that um, will, will kill the patient, or it could be something that's very, very minor.
3: So, have you had any cases where you had life-threatening bleeding from one of these? Yeah. So the studies say this only happens once every 10 years. It's
0: so infrequent. It's like 0.004% chance to actually have a life-threatening bleeding from a fistula or a graft from like an AV access point. But I actually had one, and it was a couple of years ago, and it's very traumatic. So I'm going to go ahead and share that with you. So we had a very nice lady who came in in her 50s. She'd been on dialysis for a few years. She basically had a, a red area over the skin. It wasn't bleeding. It so she called the ambulance. Because Because she had this infection going on her arm. She comes in, we do all the lab work up. She has nothing else going on. It's just a graft infection, right? We call the surgeon. They put her on the schedule. They're going to go redo her graft. We give her her IV antibiotics and she just chills in our ER. As you guys know, in our ER, it takes quite a while to get admitted and to get up onto the floor. You know, a couple hours into my shift, I hear overhead, you know, code blue, yellow 2 code blue yellow 2 and i'm thinking wait is that my lady like she's fine she's talking she's breathing and you go in there and it looks like a slaughterhouse like five units of blood are on the floor and basically the infection had allowed her graft to rupture so if you can imagine all her arterial flow just fell out of her arm now yellow 2 for those you don't know is right across the nursing station it's a glass door everyone can see you and that just shows how fast it happened So we tried to resuscitate her. We intubated her. We used the level one to give her tons of blood. She got the massive transfusion protocol. And we actually did get her back briefly. And then she ended up dying in the ICU. Um, But for me, it was a very big reality check to respect the AV graft, respect the AV fistula, and that these can bleed. And I hope it never happens to anybody else and never happens to these medics. But if you see something actively bleeding, remember it's an arterial bleeder. It's the same thing if you punctured your femoral artery or punctured your brachial artery. So put that tourniquet up fast. Um, use pressure, just like um, Brian what talked What kind about. of
3: pressure? Like just wrap it up with a Curlex or put my finger on it? Like
0: Yeah, wow. I highly recommend you put your finger directly on it. Like if you're sitting in the back of the ambulance, now a lot of times you don't have a lot of extra hands, so you're trying to get the IV and try to do other things. But just putting your finger and holding direct pressure, because it's a system under pressure, right? It's an arterial force is not just venous bleeding. It's going to take quite a bit. I liked Brian's idea of pumping up the blood pressure cuff right on top of it. Like that can get a lot of pressure. So that can overcome their blood pressure and put it right on it.
3: So at that point, you're not worried like, oh, I'm going to mess up this fistula or graft and it's not going to work anymore. You're just all about saving their life.
0: Right. So you have massive bleeding. Don't worry. They will revise that. Just, just save them because you think about it. how much blood we have in our bodies. So it's usually only about five liters. We don't have that much. So think about it, that's like two, the two liter bottles of soda. It's like two and a half of those. So you uh, lose a lot of blood. Um, fast in these. So just stop the bleeding. Now, if you have someone that's just like trickling a little ooze, sure, don't put up the blood pressure cuff, just apply direct pressure, know that their platelets are kind of weak. And then when they get to the hospital, we have, you know, uh, different kinds of medications we can give them to make their platelets more sticky. And what are
2: some ways do we look underneath the bandage to see if it stopped bleeding? How do we know if it stopped bleeding?
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I would say give it in five-minute increments. So if it's massive hemorrhage, just put it up and drive, right? If you're there within 10 minutes, just let it be. But if it's just trickling and you're going to hold pressure, or you're going to put like, uh, you know, the stretchy gauze like the Curlex over or the um, Coban over your regular gauze, then I would just say, or the ACE wrap over the gauze, then just peek in about five minutes. But if it's soaking through the bandage, don't even take it off. You know, it's actively bleeding. Um, Start thinking about a tourniquet or the blood pressure cuff right on top of it. Kind of following your bleeding protocol like you would a trauma patient. All right. So you guys, I've been doing a lot of the talking about all this stuff. What do you think the medic step-by-step approach to stopping this bleeding should be? I think
2: knowing your history is a big part of it. Um, These patients... Like we mentioned earlier, after dialysis, uh, get heparinized during dialysis, so they can have slow bleeding or a big or a massive bleeding after the dialysis. Um, so knowing that ahead of time and going in with the the knowledge that this could be a, a major bleed, um, evaluating where the bleed is coming from, if it's a an AV fistula or graft site, being very careful with it and applying direct pressure as soon as you can, and after that. Um, so that direct pressure is a little bit of gauze with some Coban and or a blood pressure cuff to get really good pressure over it. Um, on top of that, you can use a tourniquet more proximal to the site that is bleeding. And we can try elevating the arm if necessary and then rapid transfer to the hospital.
0: And sometimes these grafts are in the thigh or in the upper groin, and that makes it harder to get to use logistically. And usually it gets to that if their arms are worn out already, sadly. So the grafts have failed, they've done both arms, they go to the groin or the upper thigh. And in that part, I think it's really hard to get a tourniquet on or blood pressure cuffs. So that's just you putting direct pressure right on top of it. But most of them I feel like we see are in the upper extremities. So what are our take home points? What are you guys take home points for the medics to take home from this short session? Be
2: careful with these. They can be dangerous and difficult to control. Um, so get pressure on it as soon as you can.
3: I think just respect the dialysis access. If it's a issue with a fistula or graft used for dialysis, know that it can bleed a lot and it could start anytime. So just have, have that knowledge in your mind.
0: Yes, and I would I would reinforce both those, and then know that um, infection of the site, even just the simplest redness of the skin, really means that underneath a giant, a more giant infection could be brewing in this site. And you think about it, your blood vessels are pretty weak, and they're just sewing them together, and so that is a very high pressure system that can rupture. Yeah. So, so just...
3: infection equals more possibility of more bleeding. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. podcast at americanambulance.com once again that's podcast at americanambulance.com thanks
1: thank you for joining us on the american ambulance ems podcast produced by american ambulance in fresno california the views of the guests and the hosts of this show are their own and don't necessarily reflect the views of american ambulance or ucsf fresno the theme song for the show is written and performed by roshan roach the beats were created by young pair and brett schoenwald And I'm John Mark Bergen, American Ambulance's media producer, saying thanks for joining us. Have a great shift and stay safe out there.